Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk. I'm Kat Royer. I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz, how's it going? It's great, Kat. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about tonight. Tell us about it. So tonight, we are very excited to have two guests, and we'll introduce them in a sec, but we are going to be talking about individual practitioners at work, giving it away for free, if you will, and talking about relationships with people like you and me, Kat, who work for themselves and have jobs that are kind of applicable to a lot of people in their lives just naturally. And, you know, I was thinking about my Uncle Larry when I was little, and I'd go out with Uncle Larry to his club. He loved to golf. And people would come up, Larry, look at this rash. Larry, look at this. Larry, my arm's been hurting for a month. And he might even whip out his prescription pad and write him a script right there. He might tell them to make an appointment at his office. He might refer them to somebody else. But whatever he did, he did not ever charge these people, yet they were asking him his opinion as a doctor. He was from Long Island. Um, And while that was totally in another day and age where doctors didn't feel as liable for everything that they did, since nobody was paying him, none of them had any qualms asking for his opinions. And I'm sure every family ailment went straight to Uncle Larry's phone. Now, he loved being a doctor, but now that I'm in business myself, I think about all those free consultations. And then I kind of think about how that affects me in my job today as I end up doing free consultations. Today, we have two guests, our producer, John Mark Troyer, who's a marketing and evangelism consultant, and Michelle Natinsky, a child psychologist in Austin, Texas. Random grouping? Seems like it, but all four of us today have something in common. We have careers that come up in natural conversations with friends and acquaintances, and each of us have found ourselves giving it away for free. On today's episode, our goal is to help you to have your authentic relationships with people like us, and also to help people like us set boundaries and not feel taken advantage of. And before we get into it, hi, John. Hi, Michelle. Thank you guys both so much for being here today. Hi, thanks for having me. We would love for you guys to tell us a little bit about yourselves and how your job puts you into giving it away for free situations. So Michelle, you want to start? Sure. So I'm a child and school psychologist in private practice through one-on-one consultations with parents classes and workshops, and speaking engagements, I provide parents with tools for discipline that allow them to see their children for who they really are by setting healthy limits, giving relationship through positivity, and ultimately building kids who are strong from the inside out. So as you can imagine, I often field the question, hey, my kid's doing this thing. Is this weird? Should I talk to someone? You can imagine all the time. Yeah, I bet. And John? John, what about you? No, sure. I'm John Mark Troyer. I am the chief reckoner of Tech Reckoning and uh, also a co-founder with CAD of the Influence Marketing Council. I work a lot with community and evangelism and advocacy and with tech companies. And that's an area that suffers from what tech folks call the the bike shed problem, which is that everyone kind of has an opinion on it. If you give somebody the plans for like a nuclear reactor, everyone just kind of looks at them and goes, okay, well, that seems to be very complicated. But if you you ask people what they're, what they, how to make a bike shed, 
you know, some sort of shack or shed and, and what color to paint it, everyone has an opinion. So one, uh, we get a lot of back and forth about everyone has community problems or has an opinion about social media or evangelism or, or all the sort of stuff that's going on, which is great. And so they ask for help on that. And we're happy, we get a lot of our, uh, frankly, we do a lot of our business via referrals that, and conversations that start like that. And then also, I, you know, we work with clients who, who work with communities of people who are doing things for free, either because it relates somehow to their hobby or their profession. And sometimes it's paid and sometimes it's not. And, and so we actually work with a lot of this dynamic of what, what parts of a relationship do, are, are for free and what parts should be paid. Well, thank you both for joining us tonight. We, uh, we've been looking forward to this conversation all week. Michelle, where do you draw the line when people ask you to help with a small situation at school? What do you do? So the first thing I should explain is the difference between me just answering a casual question versus a therapeutic relationship. So obviously the latter involves informed consent. So it's important that this other person who's asking me for advice or a question have a clear understanding um, that that they're asking me the question doesn't establish a therapeutic relationship. Once that's clear, I think there are several variables that I analyze quickly in the moment. Things like, what is the setting that we're in when this question is coming my way? And what's my relationship with this person? How will my feedback be received? And also, will this information be appreciated? And that is like a quick calculus that I feel like I have to do in the moment. And that often guides me as to whether my response is kind of a, a brief surface level answer versus a more in-depth analysis of whatever the, the question being posed is really about. Right. So when you're doing that calculus and you're like, this is an office visit, this is not a, a oh, call the teacher. What, how do you do that? Like, how does that conversation occur? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm thinking that through in my mind and I'm thinking about how can I give that person enough information for them to realize that it's not such a little question. And this actually happens a lot that someone thinks they're asking kind of a tip of the iceberg kind of question and it's really complex. So I try to give them enough of a scope of the picture to realize that it's not actually a little question and sort of justify why it might actually entail deeper analysis or you know a longer conversation or maybe an office visit with me or with some or another professional with someone else. I don't know, Michelle. Are there sometimes Michelle? Is there sometimes when it's it's actually pretty clear? Like, oh no, your your child that's torturing animals is clearly <laughs> a professional right away. Yes, it's often clear in both directions. Um, <laughs> like, yes, that's really concerning, and let me get you some resources right now. And then it also goes in the other direction where I can reassure people quickly that you know, no, for your kid's developmental stage, that's exactly what's expected and everything's fine and I can put your concerns to rest. So I think it goes in both directions. What about like if you're out socially or, you know, you're somewhere with your kid at a birthday party or something where, where you're out and about and you're, you see someone, you're like, whoa, they could really use some advice yesterday. 
Yeah. So this takes a lot of self-control on my part, I will admit. Um, but with adults, I have to be very boundaried about that. And I feel that it's important for me not to give advice or suggestions unsolicited. I feel like that's a sign of respect to the other, to the other parent. Um, now kids, I will say that's different because I have been known to unroll intervention on a playground with kids who are lacking skills in a heartbeat, but that's just my years of experience working with kids. But with adults, no, I'm not going to go intervene um, in a situation in which I have not been asked. And partially because I want my friends to know that, you know, there's Dr. Michelle and there's Michelle, their friend. Mm-hmm. And, and if I were to be less boundaried about that, I, I think that would put my friends and acquaintances in a really awkward position. So with other adults, super boundary and really wouldn't, wouldn't cross that line, you know, on, with unsolicited advice. Let's open that up to everybody on mm-hmm. here. Cause I know I've felt the same. Like if someone asked me like, Hey, should I send a thank you note after an interview? I'm going to say yes. And, but then there's in-depth questions or even like talking through, should I go for this job or that job? And with friends, it gets a little muddy. Um, with professional advice versus, and, and we're not bound by the same legal things that Michelle are bound by. But for everyone, like, how do we do that in terms of respecting our own professional boundaries, but also being a friend and being a human? I'm going to jump in. I will, if, if I feel like the conversation needs to be a more formal conversation, right? If someone's asking me something that's not a casual conversation kind of question, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably give them a link to my calendar and s- schedule a time for us to have an initial conversation. I generally will have initial conversations, like a, a complimentary initial conversation to see if it's a good fit um, on both on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as a coach, I have to bite my tongue all the time not to give my opinion, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, unless your opinion's being asked, um, no one cares, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I give away a lot of free consulting, unsolicited free consulting too, and I'm not sure it always is appreciated or lands the way it's supposed to. Well, because I mean, part of my consulting engagements uh, are are about idea, often about ideation and problem solving, and so you just kind of riff. And um, I mean, I have a problem with giving away free consulting even on initial calls because, like, you know, whereas maybe. The, the salute. The story is often a little more complicated and nuanced, and just like throwing out ideas at them, it probably isn't. A doesn't doesn't give value, and B probably isn't correct. And I notice it mostly when people bring it back to me, like you're talking about your business or you're talking about a situation, uh, our client, and then somebody at a cocktail party, you know, has a has you know a, a detailed uh, outline of of advice for you back, and uh, you know. <laughs> It, I'm, we're all, I'm always polite, but that's when I recognize, oh, wait a minute, the unsolicited consulting probably isn't the right thing to do. But yeah, there does have to be a, a professional hat and a, and a, not, and a social hat. And, and you know, when we get into talking about money too, right, especially there, uh, they, they are two different, you know, they're just two different modes and they're hard to mix. That's the whole crux of the issue, right? Is that the friend at the party is like, yeah, I'm thinking about starting to look for a job. You know, what do you think I should do? And all of a sudden, I'm giving them some steps and tools that I get paid to give. 
but I'm doing it as a friend. And then, and then, you know, there's in my world with cat's world or whatever, there's the old candidate that wants to catch up. Well, we know what that means. I'm looking for a change. Can you help me figure out what to do? Do you have any ideas? And here I am giving it away for free. Um, and I know what my answer is for how I chalk up those calls in my head. Um, I'd love to hear John or Michelle, what do you say to yourself when you're like, and that was a half hour that I made zero dollars, zero cents. How do you justify that in your head? So I will say that I, I feel like I still struggle with it. I think, I think I always err on the side of giving too much without receiving compensation. Um, and in some ways, I think that it does help build my word of mouth, you know, referrals and my reputation in our community. Um, and I think that sometimes when I do hang up the call that went longer than it should have, you know, I, I try to bring awareness like, hmm, maybe you could be a little more efficient about that next time. And then I also think to myself that, you know, there's probably some good that will come out of it that I might not reap or identify for a while. Um, but I do think that I've gotten a little bit better about kind of being aware of that as it's going on, I'd like to think. John, what about you? Yeah, I guess I'd like to broaden the, the conversation a little bit. I mean, we've been talking about this in terms of entrepreneurs and professionals and giving professional advice. But, but I think it's about boundaries, like y'all said, and I think that comes up all the time. If you, if you, in a workplace, if you have a job, your coworkers are asking you things all the time and, or you're taking it on yourself. I mean, that was one of the hardest lessons I had to learn in a, in a big corporation is that I had a swim lane, I had a job, I can't save the entire corporation. And I would go out of my way to help other groups and other teams. And it's kind of deep because on one hand, you're supposed to do that. And that's the way you establish relationships within your company and, and, and advantage your career and, and get things done. And, and you can help, you are helping the company. On the other hand, when your boss comes to you and says, well, well, you agreed to get this done this quarter and you didn't, you know, you worked on tactical, you know, that was a strategic thing and you, you did all these tactical things and you helped other people. I mean, what do you say? It's a boundary issue, right? You, you spent too much of your time on stuff that wasn't your job. And it also comes into play with networking too, with, with networking for, for, for jobs and for careers, right? We're told to go grab coffee with people, ask people out for coffee, right? All the time. And we get asked out for coffee all the time. And you know, how much of a burden is it on that? I mean, a, a cup of coffee can be like a four-hour commitment. And so I, I think it's a, an, it's a really interesting topic that on both sides of like, uh, how much time are you, do you freely give versus, versus not? And it, it applies to more than just kind of professional advice, I think. I think that's a really good point because all of us have been asked for lunch or coffee mm-hmm. and sometimes the other person pays and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's like, you're welcome. And they will usually say that in my case, there's always a thank you, but like, thank you. Where do I send the invoice? But mm-hmm. it, but it's one of those things in, in my head, what I do after those is I think of it as like karma points. I just like, I, instead of going in the, the bank account, it goes in the bank of karma points. And as Michelle said, it's around boundaries. I don't know, Kat, you've been a little quiet. What do you think? Like, where do you come in with this stuff? Well, a fair amount of what I do, I kind of bucket it in service related. And that that's just kind of part of the deal. 
And that feeds a different part of me, right? There's a part of me that wants to give back. So there are people that I extend myself to, you know, who may be struggling and and I know that I might be able to help them maybe just prepare for their next step. So um, it is a balance though. And uh, one of the things that I do is I have a friends and family rate. And and that's for people who are, you know, relatively, maybe not inner circle, right? But it's maybe not smart to coach people who are that close, right? Like I'm not going to coach my my niece, right? We're too close. Uh, I mean, I might give her advice, but I'm not going to sit down and have a an hour coaching session with her. It's just too close. But like that next layer of circle, those are people who I have a friend and family rate with. And I just very, you know, when they ask me what I charge, I say, well, I, I would give you the, th- the friends and family rate, mm-hmm. um, which is less than the published prices on my website. And when I do that, that feels like a clean boundary. And I'm, you know, it took me a while to get there. It wasn't... Um, an easy process to get there because I do, you know, I think when you choose to go into a helping profession, there's a part of you that really enjoys that, right? So those boundaries can be challenging for those of us in the helping professions. But once you put the boundary in place, it it makes uh, life so much easier. Boundaries are good rails. Mm -hmm. So do you do that with the coffee stuff? Like when someone says, hey, you want to grab coffee? Right. Well, see, when John said it's a four-hour process, what he didn't say is we live, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. We live on the coast, 25 miles south of San Francisco. So we're remote and we have a home office, right? So anytime we're going to get in a car, it's a 45-minute to an hour drive. Mm -hmm. So even if we spend an hour with someone, it is a three-hour process. And sometimes, you know, lunches sometimes go longer than that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes we invite people to come over here. And if, you know, if they're really motivated to have a conversation with us and that can help that time challenge. And sometimes I'll phrase it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't, it's going to take four hours, but you know, you're welcome to come over here for lunch. And if someone really wants to talk to me, they will. Along the same lines, when I was talking about that quick calculus that I make when I'm, you know, a question is asked of me, I, I mentioned, you know, is this going to be appreciated? And I think for me, when I have a relationship with someone and I know that they are going to deeply appreciate my time and my expertise, then for me, that helps soften the boundary, like the friends and family rate. Mm -hmm. That's the equivalent of kind of my service to others. And I am much more willing to maybe spend the time or, you know, rather than giving kind of a brief surface level answer, really go into, into depth, into whatever I'm being asked about when I feel like there's an acknowledgement of my expertise, of my value, that this is my livelihood and this is my time. And that appreciation goes a long way for me. And that would be a piece of advice that I would have to people is, you know, if you, if you, do want to pick the brain of someone that you know about their professional um, area or industry or specialty, you know, the more that you can really communicate your appreciation, I think it really goes a long way to, to making people feel that they want to welcome that mm. into, into the conversation. I couldn't agree with you more. A little gratitude goes a very long way in my book. For sure. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess I do want to point out we we do a fair amount of offering as well. Uh, you know, sometimes people ask, and so both Kat and I, right, we're involved in this in a technical community. Uh, we've been involved with it for a long time. We're known for kind of career questions, and so we we look at a fair number of resumes, and we do 
you mostly cat, but, but, but both of us kind of have some career talks. But often we offer, right? So, uh, so it's fine if people ask and we, we often say yes, and, but often we'll also reach out. It's because it's pretty easy. We don't really make a whole lot of, you know, it's not like we're giving up that much money to take a look at your resume. People follow our advice, some people don't. But, you know, often we feel like we can help. I mean, people ask us, I mean, employers ask us about, you know, who they should talk for referrals. Uh, you know, job seekers ask us for who's hiring. So in that way, we are kind of, it helps us with our networking. So it is giving back to folks and it does help us kind of network in, the, in that community. But I don't want to make it sound like we, we're, you know, we're, we're some fortress of saying no. But, um, but yeah, when people do ask, either, either way, right? If people are, they don't have to send us flowers or anything, but it is nice when they're, when they're thankful. I think sometimes people um, aren't as aware of the time commitment attached to their requests. So I have a story from just this week, um, working with a mom and dad, some clients, and they're doing great work with me. And I see them probably every, you know, every other week. And they had a situation with their children and they wanted, they wanted to know what I thought about what they should do in this particular moment. And, you know, they just didn't want to wait until their next appointment. And so mom sent an email outlining her question. And you know, there's a part of me that I really like them and I enjoy working with them. And I wanted to get right on that email and, you know, outline all my thoughts. But then as I'm doing that, I'm also realizing this is my time, right? For which I could charge for sure. And there are certain situations where I definitely would. Um, But I wanted to bring a little awareness to her about it. So I prefaced the email by, by saying something like, it's generally my preference to talk about these things in person during our appointment, but here are some things to consider between now and the next time we visit. And I know that it worked because when she wrote back, she said something like, I totally understand and I really appreciate your time. And you've already given me, I've already, I'm, the wheels are already turning. So, you know, I feel like I kind of accomplished two things in one while trying to be well boundary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and on the converse of that one, I had someone ask me to talk with their relatively new grad child. Um, and I did, had probably three conversations with the kid, maybe three, two, three hours of my time, emailing back and forth about their offer. And like, there's a part of me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there that I thought I'd get like a little Nordstrom gift card in the mail from parents being like, you're so coolest. Thank you. You know, nada. And the kid was appreciative and, you know, he's a good kid. But I kind of was like, seriously, we're not besties. Like mm-hmm. we're acquaintances at best. And you asked me to spend time with your kid. I spent a lot of time with your kid. And again, good kid. No Nordies. Like, I get that you didn't decide, didn't pay my actual rate, but like a little Nordstrom gift card wouldn't have made me feel sort of taken advantage of. Because mm-hmm. you asked for my time and my expertise, and you barely know me, and I gave it. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what so I, think there, I think there are two. Would next time mm-hmm. maybe using a friends and family rate with that type of situation be a good thing to have in your back pocket? They're not even friends and family. Oh, okay. um, I would gotcha, say that gotcha. they're probably, like I'm fairly, <laughs> but so I think that 
I think that I would have been more upfront. So now right. on my calendar link, it says a hour, what an hour of career coaching costs. Good. So if I send you my link for career coaching, and when you're signing up, you know the dollar bills that are coming along with it. A lot of people not put themselves on my calendar anymore. Mm-hmm. Good. But I feel like you're educating people about something about which they maybe have not thought, right? Right. So, yeah. And so when people like, because I'll get reach outs all the time, like, hey, I'm moving to Austin from San Francisco. I'd love to talk with you about the market there. Well, first of all, none of my offerings right now are in Austin. So there's that. But also, so then I'll be like, here's the link to my coaching page. And they don't show up on my calendar. But if I didn't send it with Mm the rate, they would absolutely be on my calendar. And so I've protected myself that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's a live and learn. And I you know, I think that one of the the big things to note here is that we're all learning. Right. Um, Refining as we go. <laughs> Definitely. I have a question about, for the for the panel here, about um, the other way of, of, of maybe over-over-promising uh, for for casual inquiries. I, you know, I can get going, right? On a consulting call or a friendly call, ideas start flowing. I start to think of people that you should talk to or things we should do or you know, things you might be interested in. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, curator and reader. And uh, occasionally my, my mouth will go before my brain engages and I'll say, oh yeah, I will send you X, Y, Z, or I will connect you with somebody here. And I, I don't actually know the person, or maybe I don't know them as well as I, I, I think in the moment, it seems like I, I, I could really make a connection or I forget, you know, and I, I don't write it down. And I, I'm thinking of, I, you know, I, there's, there's some times when I've overpromised. Uh, does that, does that come up in your uh, conversations and what do you need to do except be more conscious of, of not to promise things? Yeah, that I would say don't promise what you can't deliver. Well, write it down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, if I don't write it down, I, I sometimes get in trouble myself. So. Well, it's not, a, it's not a professional consultation, so I'm right. not always taking right. notes. Right. <laughs> right. Well, when I, I mean, well, you can always tell them to remind you, right? Yeah. Actually, that's hey, if, I don't, if I don't get you that in a week, loop back with me because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm meaning very well here, but I may forget. I do that all the time. I do too, especially if I'm driving or like, I know I'm not writing something down. I know I'm not near a computer. I'll say, hey, you know, because I'm at a cocktail party or I'm at a school function or I'm on the playground or whatever. Um, I'll say, you know, I hope I remembered this, but if I don't, send me an email or reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ask them to remind you what you promised them or what they need from you. Because- and I'm sure that I'm guilty of forgetting something along the way too. For sure. So I want to flip it, like to hear a success story. You know, this is about work and business and stuff like that. And so like, John, do you have a success story where you turned an innocent inquiry into an actual paying client? Hmm. Well, what is an innocent inquiry? Uh, you know, uh, so Liz, I mean, you know, they're all, it's all, it's all good. It's all good fun. It's all in good faith. I mean, I don't know. Most of our business comes from, from referrals. So a lot of conversations start fairly casually and I'm pretty liberal with trying to, you know, getting on the phone and, and trying to help people. So, I, I mean, almost all of our business starts in some way like that. I'm not sure if I have a funny story though. I'll, I'll think about that for a sec. Michelle? Yeah, I can actually think of a setting in which this has happened repeatedly, which is that um, there's an exercise class that I go to and it's full of moms generally. 
And um, we are often talking about our kids and the exciting things that they're doing and the challenges that they're having. And in the process of those conversations, um, me sharing about my own kids, um, other people will have the chance to hear how I process situations, how I analyze things, how I problem solve. And I'll just be sharing my thoughts because that's just you know what, what process I'm going through. And in doing so, they have found that to be helpful. And that has turned into both one-on-one consultation clients and uh, parents who have taken my classes or workshops because they just heard me talking about development or, um, you know, an interface with the school situation or just, you know, anything that I'm talking about, about my own life or they're, they're sharing about their kids and, and their adventures. And so that has definitely happened. And because my business is also word of mouth referral, I mean, that's, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been kind of an unexpected surprise, but Welcome for sure. <laughs> awesome. So let's flip a little bit um, to give advice to the people on the other side, you know, and how people work with us. People that don't own their own service based business, but who have friends like all of us, how do they interact with us without feeling like they're burdening us or asking us to give it away for free or, you know, basically putting us on the spot professionally in a social setting? What do you advise for the people? I think you want to be aware of someone's time. So I think it's okay to ask, but I think the way that you ask is is important, right? So, you know, would it be possible for us to grab 20 minutes to talk about a specific issue I have? Like be be as specific as possible in in the 2 minutes that you're interacting to to give someone the opportunity to to decide whether or not or you know to give to give me the opportunity to choose the way that I'm going to respond, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's a 20 minute conversation, it's very rare that I charge someone for that, right? I, I got a referral from one of my long-term clients in San Francisco. A friend of a friend of hers was had a specific employment law related question that was really a, a random kind of question that I have not encountered. And uh, I spent 20 minutes on the phone with her and I wasn't going to charge her because I basically referred her to an employment attorney. I mean, it was, it was a very specific question, but you know, 20 minutes is okay, but you know, you can only do so many of those a week, right? When there's a 40 hour a week. So mm-hmm. people, in my experience, people who have never worked for themselves or done consulting have no idea what's involved with running a consulting business and just how much time it takes aside, you know, they, they, they see, oh, this person charges X an hour, they must be rolling in it, right? Is the assumption that, you know, again, you want to be careful with assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle, what do you think? Yeah, I think for me, there's two things. One is just when, you know, to convey to someone that you respect their expertise and their value and that you understand that, you know, this is their livelihood and there's kind of an acknowledgement of that. I think that helps. And I think the second thing is, you know, if, if you can offer something, whether it's a friends and family or some other gesture that will be appreciated, you know, even if you know that they're going to say no, because I definitely have people in my circle who they know I'm not going to accept, you know, any kind of compensation that I'm just doing it to help. Um, but the fact that someone would offer 
to me is, is, is nice. Is it, you know, feels a little, um, more respectful. So I would say, you know, acknowledge someone's the value of their time and, um, you know, that appreciation just goes a long way. Like we talked about before. Cool. John. Well, I'd say one tip is don't flake on people. All right. <laughs> um, you know, if you, especially if you, you approach me, I mean, there are cases when I'm selling to you and then you're, you get busy and, you know, I've approached you, but if you approach me for advice and we make a time to call, don't forget, like I, I sent you a, a you know, there's, a, there's been a, there's been a meeting invite, you know, you're a professional. <laughs> we've sometimes we've had that once we had that with somebody's daughter, I'm sure the mom would be aghast, but that's kind of annoying. I mean, I'm glad to have my 20 or 30 minutes back, but it's super annoying if just from a context and from like a social, who's giving what to whom, like asking me to be somewhere, you know, be on this call at a certain time and then not showing up is a slightly off-putting. Yeah, it's probably going to diminish your chances for their chances for getting on your calendar again, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I might not be as enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I actually have another one, which is that if there is, you know, go. I always appreciate when people refer business if it's mm-hmm. appropriate, right? I mean, it, and even if it's not, I mean, I know you tried, right? So, so, so <laughs> even if it's not an appropriate referral, I, you know, it, I'm still, you know, it's still nice, and I know that you thought about me. But I, if especially if if we did business and it was a good outcome that's great. Please refer business to us. And if it wasn't a good outcome, then that's okay too. Just don't get weird about it because it was business. It's not, it, it, you know, we weren't like dating. We, we, we did business together. Oh. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. That, that could be a whole Sage advice. <laughs> <laughs> How not to make it weird. Well, you know, it doesn't always work out or it's always not quite a fit or, you know, all sorts of stuff, money or, or, or style. Yeah. No. And, and, and I think that you know, throughout this whole thing, it's about being respectful, but also understanding your own relationships. Like, I mean, Michelle and I do an exercise class together. We chit chat about life friends. I bring up like, listen to what my kids did this week. You know, we all do the same. And I'm not saying it to her as a therapist. I'm saying it to her as a friend. And I think that maybe making it clear of like, you know, I'm sitting down for dinner with Kat and John talking about my job search. I'm talking to them as my friends, not as my coaches. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there, there's blurry lines everywhere, kind of like we've been talking about this whole time. But I don't think people should be awkward talking with us about stuff that is all of our expertise, because all of our expertise tends to be things that encompass a lot of people's lives. I agree with you completely. Does, how does social media change the equation? Uh, you, you know, how much is it, is it different being on Facebook versus face to face? You know, at the at the ball game or the exercise class? And I'm not sure. I don't know. I think being face to face solidifies the relationship more. I mean, how many Facebook friends do we have that we only see on Facebook, right? But if you're seeing, if you're doing a weekly class together, like you know, Liz and I are spending more time together now, which has been a great benefit of the podcast. I mean, we're in different locations, but we're you know we haven't met weekly in a long time, right? I mean, this has been a good, a, a, this has been a good. Um, and you feel like you uh, could ask her a favor now, uh, or you could, or or she, you know, or, or what? She could have asked me a favor before, but also Michelle and I are in a two-person class together, so we're, <laughs> we're partners. Yes, right. partners talking. But I agree with that. Like it's relationship-based conversations versus the, you know, I have a question for you. It's it's conversational. Mm-hmm. I think that social media is a place where, if 
you ask a friend a professional question in a friendship kind of context and you like what you get from them, social media is definitely a place where you can support them, like you were saying, John, by you know sharing a workshop that they're offering or a class or a special that they're running or whatever. That is a gesture that is you know not monetary per se, that would be a lovely way to show your appreciation and your support of that person's services. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, it doesn't even have to be like, I took this class and it's wonderful. If you're just sharing something, I think that's kind of a nice tip too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it depends on social media, which social media you're talking about. For sure. I can be on Twitter in a job chat, you know, the job hunt chat that mm-hmm. I was on on Monday mm-hmm. night that I don't know any of the people. They all seem right. lovely, but I'm giving out advice like a boss, you know, hoping to both promote this podcast as well as promote my career coaching business. Um, and I don't expect anything back, but maybe one of them will like what I say and maybe hire it or listen to the podcast or what have you. But if a friend on Facebook is like, my career's in shambles, I'm not going to write anything probably on that page. I may send them a direct message mm-hmm. with that link that has my rate on it. Yeah. 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 It, it, there is a social context context. and I, A social context context? Mm-hmm. Is, uh, I got that. That makes sense. <laughs> well, and also from the selling perspective, right? There's a, there's a, there's a mode in which I talk to my friends and ask them, you know, is, is there, you know, I, is there any connection? Is there a fit to do business together? And I, I have to make sure that they, they're comfortable saying no and not in, in that. Because in a social situation, you know, we're polite. We don't like to say no to each other. But I don't, like if I'm, if I'm emailing you asking, you know, do you, do you, would you be interested in our services? I don't care if you say no. In fact, say no rather than, because I want to know if, if there's not. So we can, you know, finish this part of the conversation. It's a business conversation. And that, I mean, I, it, I think that's where, on social, I mean, we, we're really not going to enter the territory of multi-level marketing or things like that, but where you're trying to sell to your friends right. uh, rather than your professional network, that's gets super complicated. Um, I guess, but I, my, my point is we're, uh, the four of us, it's, it, we're all nodding our heads. We try to keep it, we try, kind of try to keep the social engagement and the, and the professional engagement separate because mm-hmm. they are separate contexts. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think so different, you know, we mentioned Twitter or there's Quora or all these other places that you are, can be out there on so, quote unquote social media as an expert. And that's, that's marketing, that's promoting your brand and your business and saying that you are an expert available for this, or there's, you know, certain Facebook groups that you can post, this is what I offer. And that's not being social with your actual people that you know socially <laughs> that's being social with the universe and promotion. And I do see a difference there. And that's, I guess, where I draw the line between mm-hmm. giving professional advice and not like, you know, for some, a friend is like starting my job search, I might write good luck, you know, <laughs> with a thumbs up. That's not actually helpful. It's encouragement. Yeah. 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 yeah Support. Sure. Definitely. But not anything tactical. Right. I don't know. Kat, what do you think? Um, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's social, social media in connecting with friends and there's social media marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, one of my, one of my challenges is I, I see marketing done in a way that doesn't feel authentic to me at mm-hmm. times, especially in the coaching, especially in the transformational coaching space. It really kind of curls, you know, curls my stomach sometimes. Um, so 
you know, I'm working to get beyond that because if I don't do marketing, my business doesn't grow. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to get beyond my, I have to learn from my resistance. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But it's different, yes. you know, it's different. Um, marketing is different than relationships with friends. That there should be very clear uh, boundaries there. And that being said, we do do business with friends and hopefully we have good boundaries around mm-hmm. that. Yes. But I think John made a really good point when he said we're not multi-level marketers mm-hmm. and not that there's anything wrong necessarily, but they're mm-hmm. trying to get their friends to purchase or sell their products. We'd love if friends said nice things about us, but we are looking to our, more of our business connections. Yeah, uh, right. And the way we get the word out about ourselves, sell our products. Mm -hmm. And I actually have to do quite the opposite, which is when I have someone who's not a, not a close, close friend, but you know, a friend or an acquaintance who wants to work with me professionally, I have, we have to have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. And I have to bring, uh, bring up ways that it might be a problem that they haven't even thought of. Mm -hmm. And and that's my ethical responsibility. Um, And so it has to go through the first filter of me being able to say, yes, I could work with this person and serve them um, adequately. And then if if it gets through the first filter, then I have to have that conversation with them to say, okay, so I want you to think about what it's going to be like when we run into each other in this setting um, and this is the work that we've done. And I need you to think about that before we begin working together. So that happens quite a bit. Part of the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that anytime you're getting personal with someone, I would say mm-hmm. that that's a really good boundary to have. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Hmm. Well, I, I, I like that we talked about boundaries and context, both, right? There are, there are contexts for certain interactions and there, we all need boundaries. Uh, the kind of the, as a the older I get and the, maybe the wiser the, the more I understand boundaries and that, they're, they're good rails of support. That, uh, <laughs> I love that. I agree. Like I said earlier, that is true whether you're employed at a big company and you have to you have boundaries with coworkers and and your boss, etc. Work life balance, things like that, and also when you're networking and looking for jobs. Cat, mm-hmm. I don't think I could say that any better than John just did. I agree with everything he just said. Awesome, Michelle. I do as well. It's been a great conversation, I think, and hopefully helpful for people. And so, uh, you'll you're going to send us an invoice after this, Michelle? Uh, <laughs> Definitely not. That was not part of the agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, how can our listeners find you? So, uh, my website is uh, www.drnatinsky. That's D R N A T I N S K Y. Dot com. I also have a Facebook page, Michelle Natinsky PhD. I'm also on LinkedIn under the same. So awesome. not hard to find. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for asking. It was awesome to talk with you tonight. And John, how can people reach you? Uh, I am uh, at Jay Troyer on Twitter. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with folks. And uh, techreckoning.com is usually a pretty good way to get started with the stuff that we do. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. On Twitter, we're at Real Job Talk. On Facebook, we're at Real Job Talk Show. And on Instagram, we're at Real Job Talk Show. So reach out to us, 
Send us your questions, your stories, anything else, and we'll talk about it. Liz, how can people reach you personally? On Twitter, I'm Liz B. Consult. You can also find me on my LinkedIn page and send me a message or Liz at LizBronsonConsulting.com. On Twitter, I'm at DailyCat. On LinkedIn, you can find me at Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And via email, the best email to reach me right now is realjobtalk at gmail.com. For these links and more, go to realjobtalk.com. And you can even leave us your question. There's a comment on that page. So there are so many ways to reach us. So please reach out to us. Share your story. Ask your question. And Liz and I can't wait to hear from you. And until next time, have a good one. Adios.